Gifts Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Picked up by the Gators at the 35. Touchdown! Welcome to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach Steve Spurrier. Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Welcome into this week's edition of Inside the Huddle. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. We sure are because... We're going to be talking a lot of football. Jay Kitts, our producer today. I'm Steve Russell alongside Steve Spurrier and Shane Matthews. Gentlemen, welcome as always. Let, let's start with last week. Uh, you know, sometimes you've got to tip your cap to the other team and when they do well, and I think that's what you have to do with LSU, don't you, Coach? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, Steve. They played a little bit better, uh, and it all came down to a couple of possessions. You know, LSU, uh, they got six touchdowns. They never had to kick a field goal, or if they attempted one, I missed it Yeah, somewhere. they missed it early. They missed first, one first early. Drive. First okay. drive of the game. Uh, but then after that, you get touchdowns. That's how you add your points up. Those field goals don't add up too fast. And we were scoring touchdowns. We got 28. And then we got down there, and we had the pick in the end zone, and we tried that option play that didn't work, I guess, on fourth down. And uh, that was the two-touchdown difference. So, uh, yeah, sometimes that team plays better than you. Our guys played hard, played well. Our defense struggled uh, for the first time all year. Uh, but sometimes good offenses can make you look bad. So it was one of those games uh, they were a little bit better than us that night. But uh, if you had to lose one, lose to the Western Division guy and not an Eastern Division guy. And uh, I think Dan Mullen mentioned that, that the big games are coming now with all four Eastern Division teams in a row coming up. I want both of you guys to talk about this. But, Shane, I'll start with you. Joe Burrow. Well, I'll tell you, Steve, he was outstanding. Uh, I knew he was a good player uh, going into this game. I had my doubts because of the numbers he had put up. Uh, I thought when he faced our defense with a little pressure in his face, you know, it may not be quite as easy. But, listen, give Joe Burrow, give Joe Brady their new play caller. I know Emsminger is the, quote, offensive coordinator, but this is all Joe Brady. Uh, he is utilizing those skill guys. And, you know, some of the plays that he called, Steve, were just – Right time, right place, and the guys executed. So Burrow is is outstanding. Uh, you know, this LSU team, we all know that they've had talent every year. But this is a different type team, and, and they could be a team that could be a national title winner. I tell you what, Steve, going back to Joe Brady, I doubt seriously he'll be there next year. Uh, look at that LSU team. It's the same bunch of guys just about, except for one different guy. The guy's calling the plays, and the guy runs the offense, Joe Brady. And uh, Ensminger may have the title, but he was there last year. Uh, gosh, I hope Georgia doesn't hire him, but that, that wouldn't surprise me if they didn't offer him two and a half, three million to come run that offense because uh, their offense uh, looks like it needs a little bit of help. But, uh, yeah, Joe Brady, Brody's the one difference maker there at LSU right now. Um, I also want to ask about Kyle Trask because much was made of going into a really hostile environment, you know, playing LSU at night. While making some mistakes, let me ask quarterbacks, how do you think he handled himself at LSU? Well, I, I thought he was outstanding. I thought our whole team handled the crowd noise. Uh, we didn't have a bunch of silly penalties, maybe a few here and there, illegal procedures. But, 
you know, being his first road start at a, an environment like that, there's nothing like Death Valley on a Saturday night, and especially when you got two undefeated teams. So it was a great atmosphere. He handled it very well, played outstanding. I mean, threw for over 300 <laughs> yards. He'd love to have that one throw back. You know, we there's all – a bunch of throws we'd all like to have back as, as former players. But uh, I, I thought he was great, and I think he's just going to keep getting better the more he plays. Yeah, he made a lot of good plays during the course of the game, Steve. Uh, Kyle was not the, the reason by far that uh, we didn't win the game. Uh, and our defense, again, uh, the, we struggled. Gosh, they averaged nine yards per run, I think, which is very unusual. Uh, but Kyle did play well. And, and again, again, that game's in the history books. Try to learn from it and get ready for the Gamecocks this week. Um, a lot's been made of the insertion of Emory Jones, you know, when, when that takes place. Coach, I remember you saying something about using a, a quote, backup quarterback, and your thing was, if I'm wrong, fit, correct me, but, mm. hey, if, he, if a coach thinks he can help you win a game, you mm. go play him. So with Jones, do you think we'll, we'll keep seeing him depending on the situational uh, aspect mm-hmm. of the game? I think so. I think uh, – the offense that uh, Coach Mullen likes. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks run in, involved. And Kyle's a decent runner, uh, but Emory's a little bit better runner. I think we all agree with that. Uh, but Kyle is, uh, you know, he's an excellent passer and leader and all those kind of things. I look for him, barring entry, to play most of it from here on out. And then, you know, if there's a spot for Emory, uh, maybe Coach, Coach will still put him in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Emory was mostly inserted most of the game once we got into the red zone because I think the coaching staff uh, with their game plan felt like they could take advantage of his athletic ability. And like Coach Spurrier said, when you think of the Dan Mullen quarterback, you think of a guy who is both a runner and a passer. Kyle's a willing runner and not bad, but he's more of a Coach Spurrier-type quarterback in my opinion. Uh, So they're kind of having to tweak the offense a little bit, but I think they want to – continue using the athletic skills that Emory Jones has. I tell you one thing, if I had Lamar Jackson, the Raven quarterback, <laughs> I'd be a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. He ran for what, about 170 yesterday or something like that, and he's a, developed into an excellent drop back he passer. He's, uh, he's, he's one of a kind right now, Lamar Jackson is. Um, let's do our <clears throat> play of the week. It's brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Coach, play of the week. The play of the week. Okay, I'm going to have to go with uh, the interception by the South Carolina kid. Israel, can't pronounce his last name, but uh, he picked that one on and uh, off against uh, Jake Fromm and took it to the house at Georgia. A big play in South Carolina's upset there last Saturday. So Israel is going to get my play of the week on defense right there. Well, my play of the week would probably be uh, – I just thought it was a well-designed play. It was the uh, the wheel route that they picked uh, C.J. Henderson on uh, that Joe Burrow hit a streaking wide-open receiver down down the sideline. Uh, that put them up 14 points late in the game. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, are blaming C.J. or whatever. Listen, sometimes you got to give credit to the play caller and the kids executing it. Um, no doubt. And I, I think we're going to look into South Carolina here a little bit, but I do want to get your early thoughts. Credit Will Muschamp and South Carolina. He's not had a real signature win there. That certainly does that, especially on the road. Georgia had not been overly impressive, guys. It is, I mean, it, do we see chinks in Georgia's armor, guys, or is this just you know one game they didn't show up to play? Steve, they are not a high-scoring team. 
uh, as we all know, college football sort of favors high-scoring teams. There's Oklahoma every year. Ohio State now is a high-scoring team. Uh, Alabama, uh, they're not a 17-13 to 13 game. They, no more. They want to score 40s and, and 50s. Somebody said they have to try not to score 60 and 70, and, which they probably do because they score a whole bunch usually in the first half with Tua and all those receivers. So, so Georgia, uh, that's one thing they don't do as well as a lot of other teams is score points. And, uh, and they didn't score many the other day either, and that's uh, maybe one, one reason they got beat. Yeah, I mean, Steve, I, going into the season, I told you I was not on the Georgia bandwagon. I didn't see all the hype that everyone else saw. Uh, yeah, they have a bunch of five stars. But offensively, even when they made it to the national championship game, it was your old SEC-type offense. Run the football with Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. And um, I, I just – their passing game is, is high schoolish. I mean, it's either hitches, slants, wide receiver screens, and then they'll throw the back shoulder fade. That's it. There's not a whole lot of combination reading routes. So, uh, I, I, you know, it's good for us. I, I think uh, we'll match up well once we get to them, but I think Georgia has issues on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we'll talk more about South Carolina in a little bit, but if, if Helinski plays, I mean, Coach Muschamp says he's going to. Interesting that coach they were down to their third string guy and yet they found a way to win the game that, that says a lot about what they did yeah they did uh, sometimes it also says uh, whoever plays quarterback doesn't always be the mo- most important guy uh, Joyner uh, carry on Joyner came in there took care of the ball ran a little bit I think he hit one or two passes uh, but he can throw and he can play pretty well so uh if Hileski cannot play, then uh, Joyner's ready to step in there. I think he had a uh, pulled hamstring or something uh, is the reason he was doubtful. But he came in there and did a pretty good job for him. When you look at what Florida's had to do, and, and Dan talked about the gauntlet now of the SEC East, Florida comes off two emotional, tough games against Auburn and LSU, now has to go back on the road, play a 12 o'clock game against a team that obviously has some confidence now because they beat Georgia. Uh, does Florida Are they going to be mentally ready, guys, to play? Well, I think so. I think that's the, the, the coaching staff will get them ready this week, uh, get them prepared in practice. You know, the, the biggest thing, I think having the noon game is huge for us. I think it's to our advantage. I think that noon game – nowadays plays into the favor of the road team because the fans for whatever reason from a tailgating standpoint don't want to get into that stadium by noon Mm -hmm. and I think we're going to be chomping at the bit to get back on the field where you know maybe South Carolina is still feeling pretty good about themselves and and not playing at a high level Mm -hmm. we will see but it's going to be important you know because as you said when you play Auburn and LSU back to back there's a lot of energy and emotion into those games so uh, our kids need to get rested up. I think you may be right about that, Shane. I remember uh, remember when Ole Miss uh, beat the Gators here, Tebow's year. I mm-hmm. think that was 08 probably. Uh, actually, South Carolina, we played at Ole Miss the next week. And we got out there, and we're kicking off at noontime. And uh, maybe two-thirds of the crowd was in the stands. And uh, I talked to Houston Nutt after the game. I said, how come you didn't have a full house? 
he said, oh, they were out drinking in the Grove and decided mm-hmm. not to come in, I guess. <laughs> but they were still partying. They were still celebrating uh, the game the week before. So, so maybe that will happen to South Carolina. Who knows? But, no, I, I think both teams will be ready. And, Steve, like you say, you've got to tell, t- talk to your team about it all week. You know, if it's a noon game or whenever it is, that, it doesn't matter. We've we got to get ourselves ready to play the best we can. So uh, I think uh, we'll have a good week of practice. And get that one behind us. Uh, just learn from our mistakes because these Eastern Division games are going to determine who wins the East. No question. We'll take a break. Lots more coming up. Coach is going to draw up uh, on the chalkboard a couple of plays for you. We're going to have our plays of the week, our coaches of the week questions for Coach as well. A lot more coming up inside the huddle. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Hi, this is Steve Spurrier here, and I have some wonderful news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is opening at Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier's is going to be a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators come to celebrate. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. This is Jack Fine at Fine Farcash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farkash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I got two Titans. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned, operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. 
Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Now time for our questions of the week brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators, Real Gators Drive Davis. Coach, got a lot of questions here for you today. And by the way, if you have questions for Coach, you can send them to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. That's questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Here we go, Coach. Uh, was that Kroll throwback play the same one you diagrammed uh, for uh, CDM on the HBO special? That was from Ward. What throwback play are you talking about? <laughs> I think the one were, uh, with Trask. Yeah, I think they're referring to the Auburn game when Auburn we sealed game. the win. Uh, you, no, I, uh, I think CDM was Coach Dan Mullen, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Yes, Coach Dan Mullen, yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that one. Uh, uh, similar, uh, what was one he's referring it to? The one where Kroll uh, threw the ball back to trash. Yeah, I know that. But down. you were on the HB, HBO special. You walked into the uh, oh, coach's diagram to play up. Yeah. No, that was not that one. No, that was not that one. No, the one that uh, I drew up to those guys was a, a play that I, I watched Kansas City Chiefs run oh. uh, that Sunday. And uh, it was a different play completely. Okay. Wes says, I personally see a top 10 shakeup coming. Uh, do you see Ohio State and LSU winning out, Coach? No, I don't think uh, LSU will win out, but uh, certainly Ohio State's got a chance up there in the Big Ten uh, before they get into the Final Four. But uh, uh, there, there's still so much football to be played. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, gosh, they're a good team up there. Oklahoma, Clemson, there's, there's probably could be some undefeated teams. And uh, Clemson, whether anybody likes it or not, they're going to be in the Final Four because nobody can beat them, I don't think, from here on out. Matt in Orlando says, with UF in the meat of their schedule, uh, how do you pace your teams during a tough part of the schedule? Well, you talked about it before the season, and now all of a sudden you're in it. So, hey, we talked about this. We've got to get ready one week at a time. No big deal. Uh, if we're undefeated, we've still got to get ready. If we've lost one or two, we're going to get ready anyway. So you, uh, you'd really try to put all the games behind you and concentrate on the one coming up that week, Steve. Uh, Danny Warfel loves to quote me. <laughs> when he spoke to the Apollos, he said, I know Coach Burry has told you this game coming up is the biggest one of your life. And I did, I did say that all the time because it's the one you can control. you got some control over the one that's coming up. So that, that's the way you treat each game. Jonathan says, I'm sure this weekend's game, UF South Carolina, can be tough to decide who to root for. What colors will you wear this Saturday, no, Coach? No, there's no question on that. <laughs> Even when I was coaching in South Carolina, I all the time said I pull for the Gators every game but one. And uh, I can still pull for the Gamecocks every game, I guess, but one here. I also pull for Duke every game, but uh, one or two. If Duke was playing South Carolina, I might have to flip a coin on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven says, I'm excited about the opening of the Spurrier Restaurant. How's it coming along? Yes, coming along nicely. Uh, Freddie Weeby and uh, the staff over there uh, got things uh, going. Uh, we've got a manager in line to take over, um, a man with a lot of experience. I think we're going to announce that in a week or so. But, uh, yeah, things are in line, and I think we're going to have a grand opening within a week or two. So uh, hopefully we can get a good crowd out there early. Uh, I think it's within two weeks. And the last one, Coach, you were honored at Duke University commemorating the 89 championship team. How did it feel to go back and relive those memories? Yeah, I tell you what, Steve, it, it's all, always wonderful to go to Duke. And I hope they let me have the microphone again, like they do here in the swamp. 
so I got up and I said, first of all, I want to thank Red Wilson, who hired me there way back in the early 80s as offensive coordinator. And then Tom Butters hired me later as the head coach. And at both times, I didn't have a job. So I don't know where my coaching career would be without Duke University hiring me twice. And then, uh, fortunately, we won enough games, won the ACC championship in 89, and we have a reunion with those guys every five years. And we get a big crowd. There must have been 40 to 50 guys come back each year. So it's always neat to see those guys. Uh, Duke's won one ACC championship in the last 57 years. So it's a wow. pretty, pretty special championship we had, and uh, it was nice to see those guys again. All right. Those are our questions of the week, and uh, thanks to the head ball coach for answering them. Now we're going to do our Team of the Week, and Team of the Week brought to you by Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Shane, I'll start with you. Team of the week. My team of the week is I'm going to uh, go outside the SEC and I'm going to give it to Penn State. They went on a road to a tough place to play there uh, against Iowa. Uh, wasn't a great game, but they found a way to stay undefeated. Team of the week, coach. What do you got? Yeah, I got to go with the South Carolina Gamecocks. They were huge underdogs at Georgia. I think 20, 21 point underdog, and uh, somehow or another won the game. Uh, Georgia obviously didn't have their best stuff, uh, but the Gamecocks hung in there, and uh, their their guy made a short field goal, and their guy missed one, and sometimes that's the difference in the ball game, and it was Saturday. I always look outside the box for these because I, I really like it when you know smaller schools or Temple, okay? Jeff Collins left Temple. I think it's Coach Carey who's there now. They had a big win this past weekend. I think they're undefeated in the American. So uh, Temple, my team of the week, they, 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 had a, they had a nice win. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to have much more. Coach going to draw up a couple of ball plays here, take a closer look at Florida, South Carolina, go around the SEC. Much more coming up inside the huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to defer you to Titan MRI. MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, I'm Mark Herman with Mark Herman Company Heating and Air. If you're a Gator fan, you know the phrase, in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the Gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd sing it. It meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. 
Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, Give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. It's almost here. The Tom Petty Birthday Bash presented by Columbia Care, October 19th and 20th. A free music festival at Depot Park featuring Heavy Petty, Dixie Desperados, Low Cut Connie, and 20 other local and national bands. Make it a meaningful experience and upgrade to the VIP Petty Package to support UF Health Shands Arts and Medicine. A great way to give back. The Tom Petty Birthday Bash, October 19th and 20th at Depot Park. Reserve your tickets at TomPettyBirthdayBash.com. Brought to you in part by Visit Gainesville, Alachua County, and Bogan Munts and Munns. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Let's do our Coach of the Week segment brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee in Gator country. Uh, Coach of the Week, Shane, what do you got? Well, mine's going to another assistant. It's Joe Brady. I mean, what he did against the Gator defense I thought was outstanding. And uh, they got him rolling there in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I got to give it to Coach Muschamp. Uh, he he was under a lot of heat after I guess a couple of losses, North Carolina, then Missouri, uh, but he's won his last two. And I'm gonna tell you what, uh, it is his best team. He said before the season he thought it was his best team, and, and they're playing like it. Uh, their defense has really been good, and they can run the ball offensively. Uh, they're hoping they don't have to score a lot of points. I would guess right now, but uh, anyway, they've uh, they're a solid team right now. I'm going to ask, I want you guys to think about this. I'm going to ask you for your top four coming up next, who you think the top four teams right now are. My coach, um, again, I kind of look, you know, a little between the lines here. What a mess Louisville was last year. They were awful. They hired Coach Satterfield and they beat Wake Forest like 108 to 102 or whatever the heck the score was. It was all a bunch of points, but they're four and two. So, you know, Louisville's gotten off to a pretty good start considering how bad they were last year. So I give Coach Satterfield uh, the Coach of the Week vote here. All right, top four, okay? And this is hard because you've got seven teams that are 6-0 and uh, at the top of the, of the rankings, uh, at least in the AP rankings. So you could go a lot of ways here, guys. But, Coach, who'd be your top four teams? Top four, just looking at them right now, uh, I, I got Ohio State and LSU one and two probably. Uh, gosh, I like Wisconsin. I know they, they they've got four shutouts. I think they do four shutouts. That's unheard of. I like them. Of course, Alabama. It's hard to leave out Oklahoma and Clemson, but uh, to me, there's six of them right there. And Penn State, heck, they could be in there. So we we got to let it play out before we're gonna know who's going to be the final four. Well, I kind of got to agree with Coach. Just <laughs> yeah. All these teams, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Ohio State hasn't really played anyone yet, but they've been so dominant on both sides of the football. Uh, LSU, what they did, I, I love love their team right now. Obviously, I think Oklahoma, I, I think they, if Jalen Hurts doesn't turn the ball over three times inside the 10-yard line, that game is a blowout. Uh, but, but, but they didn't blow them out. So I'm not really answering your question, Steve. I still <laughs> like Alabama. Uh, but as Coach said, Wisconsin – I think if, if Wisconsin had a, a helmet with a paw on the side of it or a helmet with numbers, they'd be get more people's interest around the country. <laughs> but the way they play, they just kind of like lull you to sleep. But, man, they're a good football team. Mm-hmm. I've given a lot of thought to this, to my top four. 
And my logic may be really flawed here, but just follow me, okay? Of, of those seven teams that are unbeaten, Alabama and LSU can score 100 points, but they give up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you, you could get beat, you know, 48 to 40, okay? So I, I, I question their defense. Clemson, I think, needed that week off. I, I think maybe they got re-energized now. So I would, put, I would put them number three for me. Oklahoma is number one for me. Mm. And here's why I think that. You just, you just said it, Shane. They can score with anybody. But what was the question about Oklahoma? Their defense. They're pretty good on defense now. Mm-hmm. Much improved on defense. So to me right now, and Wisconsin, as good as Coach, you said it, defensively they've been lights out. But if if stop Taylor, can they score? So I don't know. To me, uh, right now I think Oklahoma, I, I, for some reason, just because I saw LSU last, I would, I would give them to Clemson 3 and Ohio State 4. But I think you guys are right. Any of those six or seven, you could certainly put in there. All right, let's take a look now at uh, Florida, South Carolina. And, Steve, I, I want to start by, you know, you, you, you've always given a lot of praise to places that you've been that have treated you well. And I know you have fond memories of South Carolina so, you know, maybe talk about your time at South Carolina a little bit and, and, and what, you know, your coaching career was there. Well, I think everybody knows uh, after the two years with the uh, Washington Deadskins, I mean Redskins. <laughs> no, uh, I was off a year. Yeah, I watched Scotty sort of graduate from high school up there. And then uh, this was the opportunity that came up. Uh, the Florida job was actually open, and uh, Urban Meyer uh, came from Utah, where our president had come from. So that was a natural uh, so I was out there, and uh, Mike McGee called me up and said, you interested in coaching again? I said, yeah, I'm interested in coaching again. So uh, he offered me the job there, and I took it without him looking at the place. I'd been to the stadium, and that was about it. Uh, facility-wise, we were way behind, uh, but that's okay. They've, they've really built facilities now as good as about anybody. They, they really are first class. But anyway, gave me a chance to go coach. And uh, <clears throat> the first year there, we actually beat Tennessee in Knoxville for the first time in school history. And then we, we beat Florida for the first time since 1939. <laughs> wow. So that was a, sort of a shocker to Coach Meyer. Uh, that was a game I think he wouldn't let the guys off the airplane until he had a, about a 45-minute talk with them, I heard. But, uh, yeah, we had some fun up there. We never won a conference championship, which was – uh, disappointing. I thought we had some teams really to do it there. When we had Clowney and Alshon Jeffrey and all Lattimore and those guys, we really had a good team, but we, we lost one or two close ones that uh, knocked us out of the championship. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was a good 10 years or so, and uh, it was time to move on. And I'm thankful my alma mater gave me a chance to come down here and be ambassador. So this is where I hope to be uh, till my days are over right here. Um, when you look at the matchup, Shane, with Carolina – you know, Will Muschamp is, is never going to remind somebody of Coach Spurrier in terms of, you know, what he does on the offensive side of the ball. But, I, but defensively, they have a, a tackle that's a potential first-round pick. Got to have three picks last week. So, you know, you, you, they're going to be a, a force defensively. Yeah, one thing you can say about Will, uh, he can evaluate talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He's got a ton of guys that he recruited and coached at different places that are playing at the next level, and I think you're going to see that with some of these South Carolina defensive backs. Uh, they try to get up in your face, play a lot of man coverage. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, 
you know, we're going to have to stay balanced. We're going to have to probably run the football a little bit. But uh, it, it, he's got – I remember him saying it at the SEC media days. This was his most talented team he's had since he's been there, and I firmly believe it because they do have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you look at the SEC – Kentucky is at Georgia. Kentucky did win, beat an Arkansas team that you know, hasn't been very good. But you wonder now about Georgia. Because sometimes, Coach, you know this, sometimes over the course of a long season, you don't play every game your best. You're going to have a game where I think the difference in winning is you win games that you don't play well. You find a way to win. But as you look at Georgia, do you think they have – bigger problems or was this a one game issue with them i think time will tell steve sometimes you have that sort of one lousy game uh, like clemson did at north carolina but they mm-hmm. won it right so they uh, uh no harm no foul as they say and georgia had their lousy game and lost it uh south carolina made a field goal and their guy missed so uh they didn't win it so uh <clears throat> but they'll probably regroup they'll regroup and uh, i'm sure they'll be there probably uh, at the Gator Bowl or the old Gator Bowl, and, and that should be a heck of a game. I, I think Georgia will bounce back this mm-hmm. week, Steve. When you when you look at it, I mean, give South Carolina a lot of credit. No one expected him to win that game. But, you know, Fromm probably had the worst game of his career, and he's been a solid quarterback. And, and that kicker seems like he's been there 10 years. He's been solid. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, those are two guys that Kirby Smart can count on that didn't have their best day. Uh, and, and plus – Kentucky's coming into to Sanford Stadium with a quarterback who's really a wide receiver, you know. So, I, you know, to beat Georgia, you're going to have to throw the football at times. I, I just don't see Kentucky being able to do that. A couple of games nationally. All Herm Edwards is doing is winning. It, it's not very impressive, but he's winning. They play Utah. Big game, you know, top 25 teams there. And then uh, Penn State, Michigan, Coach, uh, I think Jim Harbaugh uh, had better do something here because you know he's he's won a lot of games at Michigan, but he, he hasn't won some of the bigger ones. Yeah, you're right, Steve. Uh, Penn State does look good, and you know, like we, Shane talked about, they got speed, uh, which is a little unusual at Penn State. It seems like, but uh, yeah, Michigan uh, they have not looked all that impressive. I think they are five and one though, uh, so the record's pretty good. Uh, but they had to sort of struggle to get by Illinois, I think, last week. Uh, Penn State's got to be favored in that game, I believe. Is that game in Michigan? That game is uh, at Penn State. Oh, it's at Penn State, and I, you know, I am so confused. The whiteout. Okay, I'm so confused with the the Big Ten, the different divisions. Uh, so I, I don't know if Penn State's on the same side as Ohio State. Are they, Steve? I think mm-hmm. so. Okay, yes. so it's it's a huge game for them to stay unbeaten because you know right now there's three teams in the mix, you know, for the playoffs. I guess from the Big Ten to be Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Mm-hmm. We'll take a break, and one of my favorite segments is going to come up. Coach is going to go to the board and draw up a couple of ball plays here. Always like that. So stay with us inside the huddle, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes. So you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to defer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. 
Hey, man, what are you doing for the Gator game? I'm pumped up. A bunch of us are getting together early to tailgate all day on campus. You should come by. Cool. You grilling out? What? No way. And have to deal with all the messy cleanup? Forget that. We're having Moe's cater our game day tailgate. Moe's? I love Moe's. I didn't know they offered game day tailgate delivery. Yep, Moe's delivers everything you need. Napkins, plates, utensils, even free chips and salsa. Delivery is free for orders $175 or more. Just place your order at Moe'sCateringFL.com. That's Moe'sCateringFL.com. Have Moe's cater your game day tailgate. Just visit Moe's Catering FL. And go Gators. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators go to celebrate. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle, our podcast live today. And I'm going to turn it over to, to Steve Spurrier now because uh, one of my favorite times is chalk talk, and Coach has got that. So, Coach, I'm going to let's put that one there. I'll move this one here, and it is all yours, Coach. Okay, thank you, Steve. Excuse me here a minute. All right, this play was the one that sort of put the dagger in the Gators uh, at LSU the other night. And basically, there's only three guys involved in the play, the quarterback and these two receivers out here. And uh, what LSU ran was uh, sort of a pick play. They call it a rub play, though, where this wide receiver, he gets inside, and he's just going to run as hard as he can right through there. And, uh, and of course, he's chasing him. We're in man-to-man, and now he's waiting on his guy. This receiver, hesitate just a little bit, let these guys get sort of even. So you got you got three guys sort of in a wad here, and then this guy goes as fast as he can up the sideline. So Joe Burrow got the snap. He may have peeked at the safety just a moment to hold him. I'm not I'm not sure what happened back here. But he hit this guy on the dead run. The guy covered him sort of went behind the wad and so he got behind the receiver there. But uh, this play here, the quarterback and these two guys basically were the only guys that everybody else just do your job decently and and, and, and away we go. But that's uh, that's a good little play against man to man, and uh, we played a lot of man to man against them the other the other night. Obviously, uh, sometimes if you mix a zone in there, that can stop that play. But uh, against man to man, and they executed it uh, perfectly, as we all know. And I tell you what, Joe Burrow, he throws passes, Steve, 
where they don't break stride. They catch it just right in the breadbasket. Remind me of Danny Warfel and Shane mm-hmm. and some of these guys we had had here at Florida. And what was what the, another thing about that play, Coach? Because I watched it again last mm-hmm. night. They they put the tight end out wide, and they put that number two. Jeff, I think it was Jefferson or was it number one in the slot, and they knew we were in man because the linebacker was the outside guy, Is that right? and he picked CJ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's you know you play in man coverage it's late in the game, you got to make a play. Give Joe Brady credit for mm-hmm. calling a heck of a ball play. Yeah, well designed play against man to man. Yep, and you know I think what makes it more difficult too for defenses is coach you got a guy like burrow and we saw it you know he has this capability he can run i mean he's not the he's not lamar jackson but he's certainly good enough to avoid the the rush and make a play with his legs so very very difficult to defend and and that's i don't know if you guys had this but the the question we got from a lot of fans was coach like how did they get so open what it just seemed like they could complete a pass whenever they wanted to but but part of it they just executed very well Oh, that's exactly right, Steve. When receivers run good routes and get open, the ball is there at the same time. Uh, it's hard to stop. And uh, but really, uh, a big thing the other night they ran the ball on us. First first team that's run on us all year, really, pretty much. And, and that certainly uh, helped the pass game, the ability to run. Nine yards a carry, mm-hmm. Coach. I, I, I'm interested in this. Um, when you coached, you know, here it is. You know, middle of the season. A, a bye week is coming up. How much did you emphasize conditioning, and, and how important is that now as you've come off two real physical games like this? Mm. Oh, Steve, that uh, is a big reason I think we had held so many teams scoreless uh, prior to the LSU game. Uh, Nick Savage, strength and conditioning coach, does a super job with those guys, uh, not only just lifting weights but running and conditioning uh, during practice and after practice and so forth. But, yeah, we did it. Uh, we ran just about after every every practice uh, up through Thursday, I think. Thursday we'd sort of get our legs back and, and then get ready for the game Saturday. But, yeah, yeah John Wooden, uh, one of his famous lines was, conditioning will pay dividends before the first half is over and then we'll continue through the rest of the game. So we tried to be the best conditioned team we could be, and uh, that's something I think every coach has always got to be thinking. Let's be in the very best shape we can be. And, Coach, you kind of mentioned this when you drew the play up, but I'd like you to go into more detail a little bit. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's man against man coverage, right? And you kind of mentioned maybe changing the coverage a little bit, maybe playing a little zone to try to confuse Burrow. Is that something maybe that could have been done, you know, when you're looking at that? Well, it certainly uh, you would love to have had a zone called when uh, they're running that play because, yeah. you know, if you've got a three-deep guy, he's standing back there and uh, would, t- would take that away. But uh, it's a play for man-to-man coverage. I don't know what they were doing on the other side. Maybe they had something for a zone play over there. And then with Burrow, Shane, I, I don't know, because you, you said early on you, you, you saw Florida blitz a lot, just couldn't get to him. Yeah, you know, you can always sit here. The, the, the biggest reason we didn't play great defensively was, you know, they were in uh, four wides, or it could have been 10 personnel, which means one back and uh, no tight ends, or 11 personnel, one back and one tight end. But they always split their tight end out because he's an athletic guy. They put our linebackers – in a bad position because David Reese is a, an outstanding linebacker, but in space he's not. And so that caused our linebackers to be out of, out of position at times on those run plays. And, you know, we did mix up our coverage. I went back and watched it last night. 
you got to give them credit because they saw something and they attacked our safeties and our nickel guy on crossing routes. And this guy over here did a great job of finding mismatches when he called plays. <laughs> yeah, he did. And that's what your yeah. job is to do. And, you know, we got two tremendous corners that, that gave up a few catches here and there, but majority what they did was they picked on our safeties and coverage and our nickel guy. Mm-hmm. Steve, when you were, were calling plays, how much time did you spend scheming, you know, looking at what the opposing team did defensively? Well, before the game, obviously, you look at their, their last three or four games and so forth and get an idea of their basic coverages. But uh, we used to tell our quarterbacks and our team, really, we don't know what they're going to play, but we'll have a group of plays that should be good for anything. And then as the game progresses, well, they're favoring this style of defense. If they want to blitz us, which uh, very seldom they did because we had the ability to block all the blitzers and throw corners and posts and deep passes. So uh, we, we came to the ballpark with a lot of flexibility and, uh, and tried to get the right play on at the right time most of the time. And then sometimes you, you'll have a man-to-man play on one side, maybe a zone guy uh, play on the other side. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, final thoughts on today's Inside the Huddle as the Gators get set to play on the road at noon in South Carolina. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue... Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. It's football season, and you know what that means. Endless circling to find a parking spot. Not if you're on two wheels. Gainesville Harley-Davidson has the ride for you, and their 2020 lineup is one that any Gator fan would stand up and cheer for. Check out Livewire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. It's almost here, the Tom Petty Birthday Bash, presented by Columbia Care, October 19th and 20th. A free music festival at Depot Park featuring Heavy Petty, Dixie Desperados, Low Cut Connie, and 20 other local and national bands. Make it a meaningful experience and upgrade to the VIP Petty Package to support UF Health Shands Arts and Medicine, a great way to give back. 
the Tom Petty Birthday Bash, October 19th and 20th at Depot Park. Reserve your tickets at TomPettyBirthdayBash.com. Brought to you in part by Visit Gainesville, Alachua County, and Bogan Munson and Muns. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. I'm going to sometimes, well, actually, almost all the time, this is not rehearsed. We just sort of do things off the cuff. Today, Coach had a ring, and we were all kind of wondering where that ring came from. So, uh, Coach, you want to talk about that? Because it's a big old ring. Well, Freddie asked me to bring it in, Freddie Weeby, but this is the Apollo uh, Championship World, world Champions. No, not world, but the Alliance <laughs> Champions. And uh, the online betting site in Vegas called FanDuel, mm-hmm. uh, they declared us the champ when it fell apart, went busted or whatever. And uh, so we were able to have these rings made up that uh, declared us the champs of the Alliance. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And you were the champs, so, I mean. Well, we didn't win the championship game, but they, uh, a lot of people, I guess, bet on who would win it. And we had a two-game lead after eight games. We were 7-1, and one, and there was three teams at 5-3. and three. And it would have been a neat playoff. I don't know if we could have won it, but we had been in it uh, trying to anyway. Well, you had sure. the best record in the league, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Nobody could take that away. Yep. Um, Coach, I'm going to ask a couple of things here totally uh, off the, 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 the street here. Uh, last night in the NFL, we saw again where there were some missed calls. And, and, and arguably, it cost a team a game. So as you look at replay and, and how much it's been instituted now, it, it slows games down. And I, I get it. you know. But from a coaching standpoint, Steve, do, do coaches like the replay, and do you think it, it's something that will stay? The coaches originally did like the replay after the interference, no call, uh, New Orleans uh, against the L.A. Rams there, the game before the Super Bowl. So uh, they, they figured, well, if we had replay on interference, that would have been correct and away we go. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing now, they say it has to be completely obvious, and uh, they don't change many of them. <laughs> so it just takes a whole whole long time, and uh, and away you go. But uh, yeah, they're, they're the, the, these refs are e- either being told to call everything you see or look for something to call. Uh, but they, they, at some point, they got to let the guys play a little bit. I think it does completely slow the game down when you call a penalty. Almost every play, uh, you're, we're watching games. Every play or every other play, uh, there's a penalty. So hopefully they can. I like what Commissioner Kramer told the referees before the 94 SEC game. He said, let them play. I don't want anybody in the stadium to know who the referees are when this game is over. And, he said uh, that? There was only, yeah, he told the referees that. Wow. He, he said, referees, you're not supposed to be the star of the game. Let the players and the team decide who wins it. And uh, I said, why don't we do that every game? <laughs> uh, that's too simple. Can't do that every game. But call what's there. Call what everybody in the stadium can see. Hey, he's tackling him over there. Hey, he hit him from behind. Everybody can see it. But, they're, boy, they're looking for things to call, it seems like now. Remember we were talking, Shane, about and as a Jets fan, I'm going wacko watching all those penalties getting called in the Dallas game. But I just think at some point, I agree with Coach 100%. You got to let players play. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rule they implemented about the challenging 
pass interference has just been a waste because nobody's mm-hmm. winning it when they challenge it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's focus in to end here on this game. Um, noon game, you know, Coach, I thought mm-hmm. the point you made earlier was really good that sometimes as the winning team, you know, you, you feel pretty good about yourself. It is a noon game, and maybe their fans won't show up, but this is maybe about attitude here because Florida's played well, and you can't let one game take you off track. Yeah, well, the Gamecocks, they will show up now after beating Georgia. They're, they're sky high. Uh, so we, we know they're going to be there screaming and yelling. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Dan and uh, the coaches, uh, they realize we, we got some errors to correct. And uh, winning the Eastern Division, that was always our first goal. Uh, when, when we had divisions in 92, that, that's what you start with, win that, and then you can win the conference after that, hopefully. So uh, this is a huge game in the division. And no question, this is the biggest game of the year coming up Saturday. Well, you know, I think, you know, once you got to 6-0, and the, the fan base and this team realized, you know, we may have a chance to be a pretty good football team this mm-hmm. year. All the goals are still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's hard to go undefeated in the SEC. Uh, nobody really ever does it. Uh, Alabama's done it a few times. But, you know, th- this, as Coach said, this is the most important game these kids have ever played because it's the next one and there's a lot on the line because you don't want to go back to like last year. I remember Dan saying it and he kind of didn't want to say it, but he, he, he mentioned when we lost to Missouri that Georgia beat us twice uh, because they had put so much into that game. You don't want LSU to beat you twice. So – Put that away. I mean, there's a lot to play for, and I expect us to go out and play well. And it's interesting because if you look at the SEC East now, at least we don't know about the the uh, the ruling that's going to happen, but Missouri is in first place in the SEC East. They haven't played a strong schedule, but they won all their SEC games, and Florida's got to go mm-hmm. to Missouri, and who knows what yeah. the weather might be there. So they could be a factor, Coach. Oh, no question. Uh, the East, I think, is sort of wide open, certainly since Georgia got beat and we got beat. Uh, so there's a there's a bunch of teams with just uh, one one loss in the division, and uh, we got four big games coming up in a row, and that that'll determine our fate of whether or not we're going to win the East. Um, Shane, when you look at South Carolina, I'll, I'll end with this. I think it says a lot about them that they they were down to their third quarterback and and, and they found a way to win. But if you're Carolina and you're Will Muschamp, what do you think they've got to do to try to win this game? Well, I think we all know what Will's going to try to do. Play good defense. <laughs> Run the ball and play defense. <laughs> play, play defense, <laughs> field position, uh, all tell, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm interested. I, I personally do not see how Holinsky can play in this game. Uh, I mean, he was in one of those straight knee braces from, you know, from your hip all the way down to your ankle. And, you know, if it's just a sprain, you would have thought he would have come back into the game. Uh, and Will's going to say that he's going to play because he wants mm-hmm. us to have to prepare for both guys. But I personally mm-hmm. think the other guy will play. Uh, you know, I'm sure he can throw a little bit, but he's not a seasoned thrower. Mm-hmm. Going to yeah, run right. around, try mm-hmm. to make plays. But mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna try to win the game with their defense. Yeah, run the ball and play defense. I said that because they do that a little bit better. But they'll they'll throw too now. Brian Edwards is that wide receiver. They, they got some big-time receivers. I think he's one of the best uh, right there with Alshon Jeffrey and – Sidney Rice and some of those guys, his his records are approaching those guys. So uh, they're going to throw to him. And uh, they they got a pretty good pass game. Heliski's, uh some of those games, he looked really good throwing it. So we gotta got to be ready. But uh, we just got to go play, play well. And uh, if we play well, we'll have a good chance. And, you know, if you look at it from Carolina's standpoint, if you pull this off, you've got two losses in the league, but you've got tiebreakers against Florida 
and Georgia. So it's a huge game for South Carolina, not just for Florida, but a, a huge game for them as well. Coach, I want to end with this. Uh, mm-hmm. Your quarterbacks at Carolina, um, with about a minute and a half here, talk about some of those guys and what they brought mm-hmm. to the table for you. Well, the winningest quarterback in school history was Connor Schaub, and Connor could run and throw. And uh, he, he was an uh, excellent runner, passer, leader, and all that. And then Dylan Thompson uh, – sort of came in right after him and uh, played extremely well also. And we had Steven Garcia. We had a bunch of guys. Savelle Newton played well in the early uh, 2005-06. Yeah. He had a good little run there. But uh, anyway, we were real good at home. I forget what exactly our record was, but we won 18 in a row there. I know that. So uh, I guess that was pretty good. We had about three years without losing and so forth. But, uh, yeah, the crowd will be loud. And you've been there. Yep. And now they got a lot to yell about. Sure so uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Yeah, cocky will be uh, doing a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. That is our Inside the Huddle for this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks to our producer, Jay Kitt, and, of course, to the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, and Shane Matthews. Shane and I back uh, in an hour for Sports Scene. We'll take your calls mm-hmm. and talk Florida, South Carolina, and the rest of college football. Thank you for listening and watching Inside the Huddle on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's a hard reality to know you're getting older, but we all have to go through it, and with it comes aches and pains with every single step, it seems like. But the good part is the pains are fixable if you take the time to stop by Titan MRI. There's lots of us out there that think we can handle the pain or it'll eventually go away, but what you may not realize, you could be ruining yourself for many years to come. So if you're just scared, don't be. Go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI. Their entire mindset is finding out what you need to feel better, and the process is as easy as walking into the swamp and smiling. With an average scan time of just 10 to 15 minutes, you can knock it out on your lunch break before the boss even knows you're gone. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town, and their staff has more than 20 years of experience in the Gainesville community. And if you're worried about not having insurance, don't be. That's never a problem at Titan MRI. And they'll even have your scan read same day. So tell your doctor, refer you to Titan MRI or call them at 672-6644 today. Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask Coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weeby Marketing and produced by the University of Florida's ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.